podcast. We are here with your hosts, Dave Reed, Ryan Wilkinson, and Joey Gallo. We are back. It's been forever, boys. What's going on? It's a whole year. We are ready to get into off-season mode. Not sure what that's going to look like, but we're ready for it. I know. Man, that's right. We uh, the, the regular season has come to a finish for the NFL, and that means that your fantasy titles should have been decided. How did you guys do in all of your leagues outside of, uh, obviously, our league of record here? <laughs> yeah, I didn't make the finals in any, so uh, it was not a great playoff fantasy season for me. Yeah, best finish in mine was fourth. And yeah, so not the best season I've ever had, but I've got good draft capital going into next year. So mm-hmm. that's a uh, lot to be excited about. Yeah, I, I won one, uh, which was good just for the bank account uh, to get some of that uh, in the box. It was a, it was a brand new league and uh, one, this one commissioner has like 30 leagues in it. Uh, but other than that, it was just brutal. Uh, I feel like... Uh, a lot of the, my teams that made the playoffs just had quick exits and uh, I just limped into them all. So whatever, I'm, I'm ready to, to turn the page and I can tell this is the, the most fun part of Dynasty, I think, that we're about to get into. Um, but also, boys, I don't know if you realize, episode 20, it's big. Starting the new year off with a milestone episode. <laughs> big milestone. Big, yeah. big. We talk about the 20th episode. This is the make or break one. Uh, we made it. <laughs> We're still going. We're going to have to do something major for like episode 50. Oh, man. Sparklers and everything. I'll um, tell you what. I think, I think fantasy content is more enjoyable in the off season than it is during the season itself. So a lot, a lot of opportunity for us to provide some, uh, some good value. For sure. And also for me, it's, uh, it's less stressful because like we have to – I mean, think about everyone when you're in your leagues and you had a brutal loss – and you don't really want to talk about fantasy or even look about it. And we typically are coming back in here and doing the pod and looking at it and opening those wounds again, over and over again. So in the off season, no wounds. It's going to be great. I can't wait. It's all upside. <laughs> I mean, we all just admitted we we didn't make the finals except uh, Dave in one league. It's so okay. a lot of pain we had. I know. And we, let's say that was probably a combined, I don't know, 30 plus leagues. And we got one <laughs> win, but we're doing it. People are going to stop listening to us. We got to do better next year <laughs> i swear we're good experts here all right um <laughs> with that i want to give a quick update and shout out to our league and how that finished our title champion it was schluter who took it home over uh the rosinski brothers and uh for third place as well mike kaffer and mike williams took me out as again we talked about uh the wounds just hurt over and over again and it does think because uh schluter beat me with like I don't know, three minutes left on Monday Night Football. And if I had won that, Matt's team did nothing uh, in the title. I, I would have won the championship. Instead, I hit a, a juggernaut in the in Caffer-Williams combo. So that hurt. But also in the consolation bracket, Canelo's beat Clark Sauce to get that $50 prize. So that was uh, pretty fun to see. Um, Rye, want to give a quick update on the dud draft uh, as well. We have results there. Yeah, uh, I did win the dud draft. I think uh, it was kind of anchored by my J.K. Dobbins pick, who uh, 
went down early and secured me pretty much a yep. zero for Thanks the rest of the season. <laughs> um, but Dave, you had a nice little comeback, came in second. Uh, right. I think you we're, were very we were good at picking fifth. bad players here. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> kind of the opposite of how our, our fantasy seasons went. We did well in the dud draft. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that that was fun. We'll have to do that again next year. And uh, one last update too were some interleague bets. Uh, it was just me and, uh, and DaCosta who uh, <laughs> get into it in the preseason. Um, one, the, one was uh, it was his Greg uh, D versus my Chig, uh, and Chig won because Greg D got five and a half points. I think he played the first game, got hurt, came back, played a play, got hurt again, and didn't play again. So I won that one easily. And then the second one was my Trevor Lawrence versus his Geno Smith. And Trevor Lawrence did come out on top of it. Uh, I think both players disappointed on the season as a whole. Uh, I think there's reasons for that for, for Trevor, but uh, obviously he definitely had higher hopes. But he at least won me this bet, which was uh, 50 bucks, And and Dan is going to get dosed with water twice, hopefully this weekend. So we will see. <laughs> But yeah, that was uh, the wrap-up of our league. Any any other thoughts on our league this year before we start getting into the NFL You know, recap? All right. Well, no, fun fun first year, and congratulations to Schluter. I know. Yeah, I know. And uh, he's a new father, too. So uh, nice. he gets to wear the belt around his uh, his kid, so that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Maybe hit him with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but moving on, as I mentioned, uh, the NFL regular season has come to a finish. Um, and it was, uh, there's a lot of interesting storylines throughout the season. A couple ones fantasy related, just want to get out of the way quick, but like Christian McCaffrey, uh, he had a godlike season. Uh, these are the seasons where if you have them, there's a good chance you, you made it to the finals. Not, didn't happen across the board, but he was definitely one of the most owned players on our, I think it was the second most owned player on our ch- championship teams. Um, and just for us in our league, he would have been the QB seven. So as a running back, so just think about that. Uh, a lot of us were looking to find a secondary quarterback and you could have just owned Christian McCaffrey and it would have been better. Um, Puka Nakua, the rookie sensation, in week 18, he broke the rookie record for both receptions and yards. I think receptions was Waddle a couple years ago. Yards was someone, I don't even know the guy's name, and it was like 1940 or something like that. But he did it both uh, this year, just an absolutely insane season. Um, but those are the, two of the major highlights that, uh, at the close of the year. But what were some that's that to you guys? Yeah, I'm curious what you guys think uh, in regards to McCaffrey, right? So – do you view him more as a as a keep or a sell at this point? He's 27. He's it's he's been in the league for I think this was his seventh or eighth year. Um, he's in a great offense that obviously isn't going anywhere, and you know maybe he's got another couple years left. But um, you know you've, we've seen guys kind of fall off the cliff, right? Like I have. Kelsey in a, in a dynasty league and his value like very, very, very quickly uh, took a nosedive this year. And I kind of wish that I had traded him in the last offseason, right? So if you have McCaffrey right now, are you just going to hold on or are you looking to sell? Like if I had McCaffrey after after what happened with Kelsey this year, I would firmly be in the sell, sell camp. But I'm curious if you guys would agree. I think I would hold for another year. So he missed pretty much the entire seasons of 2020 and 2021. So like maybe he's not as gassed as he could be at this point in his career. But I think 
you know, it literally his worst finish was RB 15, except for week 17, which is just insane. So it, it's kind of like a cheat code if you have him on your team, if he puts that up again next year. So I probably would hold to see what he does again next year, but there definitely is a little risk there that he's getting older and been in the league for a while now. Yeah, I, I, I'm always willing to sell anyone uh, if anyone knows me in uh, fantasy. So I would not be saying no to anything. I just would need an insane offer uh, for it, which I would definitely float out. See, like if there's someone in there, but honestly, if you have McCaffrey, you are pr- most likely contending team, and it's hard to like sell him out if you're still going to be potentially contending uh, going forward. And I don't. I don't view McCaffrey as having the early or the, the same age cliff as your prototypical running back because he's not exactly built like a prototypical running back. He's more like a blend of a wide receiver running back. And, yeah, he doesn't have as much mileage on him because of the other injuries he's had. He's also a freak. Like, there's just certain players that are just built differently and last longer. I mean, even – like, obviously, I'm not going to use all, but, like, Frank Gore went forever. I don't think he's like a Frank Gore, a completely different body type. Zeke showed juice this year later in his career as well, but like McCaffrey didn't show any signs of slowing down. Like these other guys you started seeing somewhere in here, McCaffrey got better. Like this was one of his best seasons. Uh, so I think he's still, even though 27 is when you start getting worried, I think he'll be fine through 30. I don't think 30 is going to be like a great year, but I don't think he's going to drop off for another year or two personally. So, but with that being said, if someone's willing to offer you something big and you get like, someone gave you like a breeze, plus plus something like that i that i would probably do because i'm like Brees. i don't think could hit the complete upside mccaffrey could because mccaffrey is like another another level but that you're still getting like an unbelievable asset and then other top of it so that'd be something i'd be looking for yeah i would take i would take Brees plus a high pick right if someone offered me yeah. like Brees and a, and a first right now for next year's draft for mccaffrey i think i would take it yeah I, it's just crazy how fast the cliff comes for running backs like Eckler's cliff came like midway through this season, like after week one. It was almost like week one he was good and then <laughs> hit the cliff right after week one, and that was it. But Eckler was a player you were worried about that happening at some point with him. Just his, he was he's a smaller body, uh, and he so like, but it's true. These guys it hits him. Like there's no warning, over. right? Like you, yeah. just, you either have to like <laughs> you're, you're, go you're for it holding or the you, bag, <laughs> or yeah. you're just riding it forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another player I want to get your guys' opinion on, um, and I know Joe, I was talking to you pre-hitting uh, play on this pod, but uh, is Josh Allen. And not – I love Josh Allen if I have him. I'm very excited still. Uh, but just that – how do you guys feel about him? Because personally, like, I feel weird on how he finished. He finished the QB1 by a decent margin. Um, but when you watch the games, it, like, didn't really feel like you had, like, the super elite – asset going on if you at the end of the game on your fantasy finishes is okay but it was all propped up by rushing uh touchdowns and he may be losing uh digs this year uh digs also dropped off for a lot uh, of the uh, second half of the season but he also seems disgruntled so like do you got like you have any concerns about josh allen this do you still view him as like a super elite asset like i still view him as that but like as the qb1 what do you guys think yeah i mean you know my opinion. I definitely still view him as a as a top dynasty asset. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, you know, he might lose Diggs, but Diggs, you know, kind of has gone missing the last six or so weeks anyways. So I don't think he'll be super hurt by that. And like you said, a lot of his 
fantasy points come from rushing anyways. He's always kind of been that player where he, he's going to win you a game or he's going to lose you a game in real life. Like he, he, yeah. he may throw two or three terrible picks, but he's also, you know, capable of leading you to a winning touchdown drive the next play. So I feel like he just kind of is this wild player, but he generally puts up the fantasy points and I think he'll still do it next year. So I'm not too worried. Yeah. I mean, for fantasy, I, I would agree. I don't have concerns with his status going forward, especially in Dynasty. I'm in the league where I have him. Um, it, I, 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 I honestly don't think there's an offer that I would be willing to entertain accepting for him because I, I feel like his value is that high in a super I'll, I'll attract my J- Jamar Chase offer. That yeah. But I just wouldn't like. There's, there's nothing to me that's worth, worthwhile to lose him. Now that being said, right, it was a, it was a weird year to watch him. You could tell from, from week one. Um, you know, I think I kind of described it as like he, he looks like he's just like losing his patience out there. You know, like mm-hmm. he's come so close and he's had these like good teams that should have been Super Bowl contenders, and he come, came up short and then came up short again, and like. There's only so many times that you can have victory kind of like like ripped from your your hands before you start to kind of just like get uh, a little impatient. And I feel like this year he's just he's just out there like trying <laughs> to do it all like on every single play, and that results in a lot of picks and a lot of bad throws. But it also results in a lot of good throws too. So you know, like as an NFL quarterback, it hasn't obviously been great. And Buffalo's lost a lot of games because he's been a little careless. But for fantasy, he runs. He's a tank. He's not. He his his rushing this year. I feel like, uh, you know, for the last I don't know how many weeks of the season, his he scored. He had multiple rushing touchdowns in week like 14, 15, 16. Yeah, it was 17. like six plus weeks. Yeah. Some some weeks two touchdowns. Yeah. So I mean, for fantasy, I love it. And you know, for real life. We'll see. You'll you'll see in our uh, playoff brackets. I um uh, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon for this year. I think this is going to be the year that they make a run to the Super Bowl. I think you uh you have a, a vested uh interest in this well, as yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 We'll talk about it later. We'll talk I'm about lower, it. I'm lower than most on the Ravens. Oh, I don't want to say I'm lower on the Ravens. I think the Ravens are slightly just a hair overrated but all right i'm excited to hear about just this a later. <laughs> just a touch uh talk about teams that used to be overrated but i think everyone knows now stinks is the eagles um yeah they just don't look good uh they closed out the year with five losses in their last six and honestly could have been six to six with uh the only win coming against the giants a couple weeks earlier but then week 18 the Giants winning that game, I, I know I texted Joe this early in the morning and then in the chat, another chat with you, Ryan. I was like, the Giants money line is a lock. Like, I'm, I bet it, it hit it. Like, it's a lock going in. The Giants are an elite team when it comes to running the draft back. Like if, they, <laughs> if that's on the line, they will win that game. I don't care who the opponent is. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're looking kind of uh, exposed. The Chiefs kind of look exposed either going to the playoffs. Uh, I know they have a home field uh, coming on in the game that I probably won't watch because it's on Peacock and I'm not 
paying for that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they don't look that great either. Um, and then other teams like Pittsburgh, I know, made the playoffs. Not a team that Joe believes in, but Tomlin, again, refusing to have a losing season. So a lot of uh, teams that you, you're not really that excited about or you're a little concerned about, I think, as the fan base going in. But as a team you are excited about is the Texans making the playoffs and winning the AFC South. Um, but any other teams in the playoffs or uh, any of these teams I mentioned that kind of stand out to you or you want to comment on about how much they stick? I, I'm i I'm half expecting the Chiefs and specifically Travis Kelsey to come out like gangbusters against Miami and kind of blow them out. I just feel like there's been a little bit of uh, – I think, I think that Kelsey's – you know, off the field situation has been a little bit of a distraction for him. And that coupled with the fact that he's honestly getting older and slowing down a hair has had an impact on their offense, significant impact on their offense, but their defense is still pretty strong. And Miami's down a significant amount of players on both the offense and the defense. So I would not be surprised. And then, you know, assuming that kind of Buffalo holds serve at home against the no TJ Watt Steelers, right? If, if, if Buffalo and KC both win, then we have that same matchup again. And, you know, KC will, will be favored in that game. Well, actually, I don't know. It's in Buffalo. I can't really conjure a guess of what the spread would be. But, you know, all of a sudden, KC is a, a, a game, a win away from being right back in the AFC Championship. So, you know, I think that for all that we've had these conversations and this dialogue this season about what's wrong with the Chiefs, um, you know, I would not be super surprised if they smash Miami and then beat Buffalo like they always do. And before you know it, it's, you know, they're right back potentially on the cusp of the Super Bowl again. Yeah, that that's literally exactly how I feel. And we'll talk about it later. But I think the Chiefs, you know, don't look scary, but come playoff time, I still wouldn't want to play them. And I don't know, Andy Reid, I don't come to playoffs. I just feel like they're going to put something together and win a few games somehow. And then the Eagles, like you said, Dave, they don't look great. I wouldn't count them out, but I don't, I don't think they'll make it to the Super Bowl. I think they definitely have some issues um, that will probably come into play. And then you got the teams like Pittsburgh. I was looking at the playoff bracket. I just couldn't even believe they're there. Like I don't <laughs> understand how Pittsburgh is in the playoffs, but. Mason Rudolph, somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, Jordan Love and the Packers, you know, in the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think they'll go too far, but kind of another interesting team that you never really know. I could see them pulling off a win or two. Yeah. I'm actually pretty high in uh, the, not for the playoffs, but the Packers going forward. I think uh, they got a lot of interesting at- assets and Jordan Love, has actually impressed me. I've, uh, I think I'm, I'm a believer in him. He's had a good year, yeah. He, he makes some pretty impressive and like elite throws, like the weight, like off balance and like with all arm and the touch on it. It's, I, I, I don't know how certain teams just keep getting lucky with quarterbacks, but the Packers never have to worry about it. It's very frustrating. Um, but good, good it for that. Doesn't right? really make any sense that he looked terrible. In any any appearance that he ever had, every time anytime he sniffed the field while Rodgers was on the yeah. roster, he looked awful. And this year, he's been yeah, it's been a night and day difference. And it was right from week one. He looked yeah. competent right from the beginning, and he's only gotten better. These last couple of weeks were, like you said, just super Wild, super yeah. impressive. Yeah, I was like, this guy. 
I, yeah. I don't think he's fully viewed there yet, but I'm personally ready to potentially buy him early as a cute top 10 quarterback going forward. Like they, he has a yeah. lot of upside there. Yeah. Um, but obviously there's other teams with uh, quarterback questions as well. Obviously give praise to the Packers, but the team they beat the bears, they have uh, the first pick overall and they also have fields in the roster. So very interesting to see what they go there and see if you got any thoughts there. But also the reason they have that first pick is because the Panthers stink. And uh, if you're the Panthers franchise, I just don't know like what you do after the season, uh, having no pick and it being the top one. But uh, very interesting uh, directions for both those franchises move, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in in Chicago's instance, it's just they got not, pick a quarterback, right? I mean, I don't know. I, what I was going <laughs> to say was like my take is I think they should trade the pick and. Uh, you know, like I, I just the, the what they the, the value that they could get for that pick, I just feel like there is always a question mark with the with these quarterbacks. Like if they if they if they keep the pick, I I completely get and understand the argument of you're getting uh, a, a young quarterback on a more like salary cap friendly contract for an additional three or four years. And Fields, who you can extend for the fifth year, but then after that, you basically have to pay him. Um, unless you want to give him the franchise tag. Like, I mean, you could do what you got to do to drag this out. But if you're not drafting a quarterback now, it's because you believe in Fields, so you may as well just sign him. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the at, thing, right? Like, yeah. do, do they believe in Fields, though? I, don't, I just can't imagine they're sitting there thinking Fields is the long-term answer. And if you trade that pick, you got to be all in on Fields. It's it's more like the evil you know versus the evil you don't. Because, uh, yeah. like, Fields played good enough the end of the year that there's hope. You, 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 you're you not expecting to be an elite quarterback. But if he has the right weapons, which you can now potentially draft, and his rushing ability, you can get it done. DJ Moore had a great year. Um, but also, like, are you going to pass on a potential elite option? Like, you know that what Fields' ceiling probably is. Um but you could be getting out of the higher ceiling. But we've how many of these top quarterbacks that we've seen flamed out? It's like a, it's a crazy rate, actually. I feel like the top quarterbacks, you're lucky. Like it's like a thirty percent hit rate, even if the first overall pick. Um, yeah. So like they're way they're they're significantly more likely to be disappointed with whoever they were to take. Yeah. And like I guess the way I think about it, if if I if I heard tomorrow that the Giants traded the one hundred six or one hundred seven for plus whatever, maybe even another pick or for Justin Fields, I would be ecstatic. It would be one of like the happiest that I'd been about a move that the Giants have made. I would, they, wouldn't have I would, to do, if they don't have to trade the 106 for Fields. No, I'm saying if they yeah. did, if yeah. they did, right? I, I don't know. I think he's worth a first round pick. You don't think he's worth a first round pick? Because of the contract situation. No I, almost, would... I, I would I would almost guarantee – well, we're not going to really get a no because they're going to yeah. But if Sam Darnold got a, a second round pick, so – and he was not good. I feel like Fields would get a first, right. and if the Giants were to trade him for a first, it would be—I think it would be a great move. I'd be excited as a as a as a fan. I think that I have enough faith in him to get it done. So I feel like that's why, if you're the Bears, look what you did last year by by trading back. You just do the same thing again. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. And the Panthers just got to sit and watch. It stinks. Uh, <laughs> but uh 
Also, one last thing I want to touch upon uh, there, uh, Black Monday, as people refer to it, but basically it's kind of dragged on all week is there's been a lot of coach departures uh, that have been going on. So currently we have seven, I believe, official or was it six official uh, uh, openings and one that's likely going to be an opening, just it hasn't become official yet. But got the Seahawks are now open with Pete Carroll out, Commanders with Ron Rivera out. The Raiders is technically open because Antonio Pierce was the interim coach, and I still think they are uh, looking at potentially at uh, Jim Harbaugh, I think is the one that they're looking at, or Antonio Pierce. Uh, the Panthers, I mean, just everything's clean house there. It was Frank Wright. I don't even know who the interim coach was there. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think anyone cared. Um, I was reading an article. No one even referenced it because he's not even up for the job, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, Falcons, Arthur Smith finally is gone. Uh, Titans, Rabel is, is gone, which seems like a weird move. I, I understand it based on some of the results, but there's no talent on that roster, and he's one of the best coaches in the league. Like, I don't see how you get better from Rabel, so like, I, I don't know. It seems stupid. Um, and the Pats are likely to move on from Belichick. Um, they're just being very uh, – uh, they're, they're trying to get the PR right on how they, they exit Belichick, really. Uh, sounds like Vrabel might be a, the Pats head coach next. But yeah, well, I mean, like that. Now that Vrabel's available, it's like if they were on the fence about Belichick, they're like, I'm sorry, Bill. Get out. But... Yeah. It's the most, it's the perfect pick in X Pat. Vrabel's like a top, probably five coach in the league. Yeah, he's and one he's of the best available coaches. and he's an X Pat. So this is the time. So yeah. I think Bill's is definitively gone. Yeah, 100%. I don't think there's any chance. <laughs> he's not. Um, but uh, any, what other of these openings do you find are interesting, excited about, or who do you, or is there a position that you are hoping one of these coaches land or a coach lands in one of these spots? I mean, we've been talking about Arthur Smith all year. So, Joe, yes. how are you feeling now that he's uh, finally out? Is your boy going to be free? I hope so. Um, <laughs> it can't it's be funny how like it took. I'm like watching the Week 18 games and and. Uh, uh, John Robinson is it's is rolling to like an 80 yard touchdown reception and getting a ton of action but he it was a weird season I'm happy that Arthur Smith is out I think there's probably a, a spectrum of guys I know Dave you have opinions on who you mm-hmm. want it to be I feel like regardless of who it is the overwhelming majority are going to use their stud running back so I, I don't think that it could get worse. I think it could only get better, frankly. So for me, this is uh this is a good day. I think the stocks sign is certainly pointing up on Bijan. Yeah, I mean Bijan had the long research, but that was the thing which was kinda annoying to me. You want to see a running back get receptions and Bijan was being used in that way. But he was like predominantly only in the reception game. Like every time they're in the red zone, it's Patterson and like Multiple plays in a row. Like, Bijan's not even getting the field. If he does, it's like only to get a reception, not running the ball. So, uh, I think any coach would be like, all right, let's like attempt one rush with Bijan and just see what happens. I don't know. Just give it a, a trial run. Touchdowns were from like the seven, eight, nine range. Yeah. That's he did. He hit to him. Yeah. And he'd, he'd, he'd score every time. Because he's great. Like, he's like, ah, oh, but like three yards might be too much for this guy. I don't know. Um, yeah. Much rather. Um, uh, Desmond Ritter throwing <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> directly to the defensive back. I swear to God, I said that on the podcast like two or three weeks ago, and like the the last like two or three weeks from then until the end of the season, there's been a play where he's thrown it directly to the DB, and I'm like, I, I got to text Dave and Ryan right yeah. now. This is <laughs> and again, yeah, every uh, single week. 
But it is going to be interesting to see where uh, potentially Jim Harbaugh lands after Michigan won the the college uh, championship. So shout out to uh, Adam Cohen in our league. He was at the game. Um, but obviously he's one of the hottest names in there. There are a lot of big names available too, which is going to be pretty interesting. I feel like you don't really have this many uh, key names. Um, but we'll see where everyone lands. Pete Carroll is – Probably he's an advisor, so he probably won't be available there. And uh, Nick Saban also is now retiring too, so throwing that out there, it's this one less college ranked person who's going to get drawn away. Yeah, the one the one job that interests me the most, I think, is probably the Washington job, although they're notoriously um, a poorly run franchise, and they, you know, for the longest time had the worst uh, owner in yeah. the league. They've you know since corrected that and. I think they're they're actually a pretty desirable spot moving forward. They're going to have the number two pick, so they're going to get one of the top two quarterbacks. They I have good hate offensive it. Skill I hate players. How um, the are done? Like the pro- <laughs> like their, their defense is still bad, and they their two best defensive linemen are uh, currently on other teams, uh, <laughs> having a lot of success. So. You know, it's unfortunate that they're going to have to rebuild the defense. But from an offensive standpoint, if they can hire an offensive coach, then, you know, I think for fantasy, there's uh, a lot to be excited about, right? Like, I hate to say it, but, like, for me, I'm not I'm not totally, totally giving up yet on Jahan Dotson. And I think, obviously, Terry McLaurin has, has always had, like, quarterback challenges since he came in the league, even though he's been a pretty – high level or what I would consider a pretty high level wide receiver. So maybe in the Drake May era as what it's likely to be uh, with a new coach, then they can, their offense can turn it around next year. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of weapons and I was just quickly looking up. They have the most cap space too. So like, even though the defense stinks, they can quickly correct that. Uh, that was one of the reasons why they traded some of these the defensive guys away is to create that cap space. So right. that can be a very quick rebuild. Um, yeah. I think they got a lot of the assets in place. But with that said, kind of want to jump in to, you know, this little bit of a year in review and, and kind of hit on some of the, the players or trends over the, the year that stood out for our fantasy team. So first going to hit on to who are some of the biggest fantasy heroes and biggest hits for you. And I'm just going to run through some names at the positions and you guys can jump in and, and talk about the ones that's kind of stick out to you. Um, but a quarterback, some of the big names that really kind of beat what you thought they were going to be what their value was going into the season. You have obviously Brock Purdy shot up Dak Prescott finishes like the QB two. Jared Goff finished in the top 10. Sam Howell had a great year, but finished ended pretty, pretty rough and uh, probably going to lose his job to a draft pick. Um, it's all right. Maybe someone else will take him. Uh, Jordan Love. We, we mentioned Stafford actually bounced back big time uh, and a million backups, but none more importantly than Joe Flacco. Um, so those are some of the quarterback ones. I don't know if any of you guys have any thoughts before I dive into some of the other positions. I mean, one of the bigger ones for me is Dak Prescott, just because he finished as the QB2. Like, it wasn't out of the realm of possibilities that he'd have a good season, but I don't think anyone was projecting him to be a top three fantasy quarterback. So that that's pretty crazy. And then the other two that kind of stick out to me are Stafford, just had quite a comeback. I was kind of down on him this year after last year. So to see him really turn it around and, uh, you know, maybe even have some playoff success here, was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And then, like you said, Joe Flacco, just literally coming out of nowhere to <laughs> run the Browns. And it's been 
pretty we, fun to watch. I think he was like – he might have been like the QB1 over the yeah, – He's literally been playoffs. He was it's, insane. It's crazy. Yeah. I just can't believe that he wasn't even playing. And then, yeah, he's been like a top three fantasy quarterback. It's been unbelievable. I don't understand why he wasn't playing, to be totally honest. Yeah. Just like at home sitting on his couch while the likes of, you know, Tommy DeVito are starting NFL games. <laughs> but I, I, the, the one thing I'll say about Sam Howell is that I, I don't I don't think he'll be out of the league. I think he'll be yeah, a, a good backup uh, at worst. And, you know, depending on what team he's on, whether it be Washington or another team that, that, that doesn't have like a locked and loaded starter you know he could he could challenge the falcons may trade for him the falcons can use him i mean (laughs) they don't have to trade much so yeah that's right that's right uh yeah come on hell get a job um (laughs) moving to some of the running backs you had some uh people really showed up uh i'm gonna start with my favorite but then i'll get to the really the big one but devon achan blew up uh had a wild yards per carry uh, Kyron Williams, I think that he's like the headliner there. I came out of nowhere and finished our before any missed some games. Guy was an absolute stud there. I'll let Joe get into the spiel again, but I'm I'm a believer now, and I, if I could, I'd be trying to acquire him. Hopefully, if people are trying to sell high on him. Uh, Rashad White also dominated most of the year. He was like a top ten quarterback all year long. Finishes in like the top seven six. Travis Etienne uh, finishes like RB3, kind of a weird year, but when he scored his touchdowns, he scored them in bunches and had some massive weeks. Uh, both Jamar Gibbs and David Montgomery finishes top 15 running backs. Gibbs, I think, was at 10. Montgomery at 13, I believe. Um, Montgomery obviously cooled down a little bit in the back half of the year, but still was a very strong finishing. He gets a lot of the touchdowns there. So I think both have great assets. Isaiah Pacheco is looking like – the, the answer for the running game for the Chiefs. Uh, and even Devin Singletary, who was like, I had to give him some credit because the run game in, in Houston looked horrible. And then for some reason, Devin Singletary solved it and uh, was proved to be very useful. I wouldn't call him a leap, but very useful with some pretty big weeks down there. Yeah. So I feel like in fantasy football, you got to take your wins with your losses. And uh, this list, kind of the guys you just went through, it's funny how like Kyron was a big win for me. And right below that are Rashad White and Travis Etienne, two guys who I didn't touch in any draft that I was a part of. I was couldn't possibly have been lower on either of them, and they both kind of uh, proved me wrong this year, finishing RB3 and RB6. Um, I, I drafted Jameer Gibbs in, um, in a home redraft league and was disgusted with the pick and was trying to trade him between weeks three and seven, and now he's, uh, you know, maybe looking like one of the more dynamic running backs in the league and, you know, looking like, uh, I mean, obviously they signed Montgomery to, I think it was a three-year deal in the offseason. Yep. So yeah, that'll be a, a one-two punch between the two oh, of them yeah. for the next couple of years. And there's plenty to go around. It's a good offense. Uh, like you said, Montgomery gets more of the goal line stuff, but – especially over the last couple of weeks, Gibbs in the passing game. And when he does get opportunities to run, he, he runs explosively. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that the Lions had two top 15 running backs on the year. And like you said, it should continue for the next couple of seasons, which is pretty crazy. I think Rashad White is the most shocking just because it was never talked about. Like you said it before, Dave, but, 
it still feels like it's not talked about. Like if mm-hmm. you approach someone about him, I feel like they wouldn't be that high on him, but he finished as the RB six on the year. I think it was seven after the last week, but mm-hmm. uh, up there. And then ETN finished as the RB three, but he's the one I'd be the most worried about because, you know, he, he didn't have a great middle of this season. And I, I don't know. I think there's some risk there that he's not a top five running back next year. So I think he's someone you maybe look to trade away if you can still sell really high. That uh, That's actually exactly what I was going to po- kind of pose to you. Between White and ETN, who would you rather have? Yeah, let's play this game with ETN because there's a, there's a couple. <laughs> Between White and ETN, I would rather have ETN. I think I'd rather white, but I'd rather trade ETN because I think you can get significantly more for that. Like if I would, if I had ETN, I would probably go to the white owner and go white plus and feel better about because ETN just didn't it look elite to me. Like he, it was a, a lot of run, like touchdowns there, but he didn't. He had like a he was very inefficient in a lot of games, um, and he doesn't catch the ball nearly as much as like white does. Um, so like, I, I have more confidence that White will repeat his season more than I think ETN will next year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm more on Dave's side. I just felt like White was more consistent. ETN had bigger blow-up games, but I think there's a better chance that White has more of a consistent season next year. What do you say about Kyron Williams or ETN? Kyron. I actually am trying to – I think the – Rams are all in on Kyron now. James Cook or ETN? Uh, I'd probably go ETN there just because I don't – it's hard to trust yeah, the, the rushing yeah. game in Buffalo. Yeah, Josh Allen's too much the rushing game there. But I like Cook, but I think between the two, you got to go ETN. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – I think so, I would probably take each of those guys over ETN. Um, but I would take ETN over – Rashad White. I don't know. I'm still not totally in on Rashad White. I don't know. I'm, I'm wanting. I have to. You know, they like the ballers always say, "Stay water." Oh I, yeah. I feel. I feel like that needs to be like advice that I need to take to heart because I. I kind of form these opinions of people, and it takes a lot for me to. Gotta be uh, like reverse, me. I've, I first course in Kyron real quick. I think it was like we. I was like, all right, I, <laughs> me too. Dave was like, well, I, I, I know. I was like, what? <laughs> This is, this is, I think they put a different guy in his jersey. It's not the same guy I remember watching before. Yeah. Um, but uh, moving on to the wide receivers that really stepped up this year, he had C.D. Lamb, wide receiver one, uh, who I'm definitely going to bring up and want to see where you guys land on there. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, I think, finished at the wide receiver three. Another guy who like really leveled up, and if you have him, I'd be ecstatic. Uh, Puka Nakua, we already mentioned, but he was finished in the top five. Brennan Ayuk uh, really made that leap to that many people were hoping for, just on a fringe of being a wide receiver one. DJ Moore, even though he was a bit inconsistent, had some huge weeks. So that one monster monster week really propped him up, but he finished in the top 10. Uh, Nico Collins and Tank Dell both had great seasons. Um, very rarely did they happen at the same time, unfortunately, due to injuries back and forth. So it'll be interesting to see how, when they're both healthy next year, this offense looks. But both guys look great. And I'd be excited. Like Nico finishes the top 10. Huge week 18. Uh, Mike Evans, probably like the pick, uh, the most value pick in all drafts. He finishes the wide receiver, I think, five. Um, and huge, huge year with uh, Baker. Uh, and then Keenan Allen was also like absolutely elite before he got hurt, even with 
the injury and missing the final four weeks of the year, he finishes the wide receiver eight. So he just was putting up monster numbers all year long. Um, another rookie I want to throw out is just Rasheed Rice. He, he's been flashing good amount to close out this year as a rookie and that offense that we mentioned with uh, uh, the Chiefs that need some other as, uh, offensive firepower outside of uh, an aging Kelsey. Yeah, so uh, again, coming along as the Grim Reaper talking about guys that are near their cliff, right? So Evans and, and Allen. I mean, as somebody who traded Evans in our league, uh, what do you guys think, right? Do you think, I mean, I think he's, his contract is up, so this is going to potentially be his last year in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, what are you thinking about the future for each of those guys? I mean, obviously, Allen, I think, is a little bit older than Evans. Mm-hmm. I personally am higher on Evans moving forward than, than Keenan still. Um, Keenan is a little more injury prone, and like I said, I think he's like a year or two older. Uh, but what do you, how do you value the two of those guys moving forward? Dynasty, it's it's an interesting question. I think the trades, because both guys are traded at the deadline in our league, and I That's think true. it was like the perfect trade for both. Like if you're a contender, I think these guys are still very helpful. Um, and if I'm contending, I would probably keep them because I don't think you're going to prob- most likely get the value that you expect. So you might be able to sell a little bit higher in Mike Evans um, than most, but I, I still think they're going to be very useful next year. The Mike Evans situation with the contract will be interesting if he gets – ends back up in Tampa Bay or where he goes. So there's a little bit of question mark there, but I think he'll still be fine. I, I think I feel more comfortable with Evans because I feel like his floor is a little bit higher. But the uh, key now, there is still the potential. Like The Chargers need to add offensive weapons right now. If they don't, like Keenan's going to get – like the reason he was so good, he was getting a stupid amount of targets this year. Like it, absolutely insane. I don't If they don't add other weapons, it's going to happen again. It, can his body handle it? Who knows if you've seen his – what is his uh, his shoulder blade? It's like popping out of his, his jersey. The guy, his body is that. rejecting. It's ridiculous. So I don't know how much more he's got left in him. But yeah, uh, I, I think he was a huge uh, benefactor of Austin Eckler. I think you know, sort of losing mm-hmm. a step. Like you said, he just was getting every single target there. Mike Williams went down for the year. Eckler wasn't himself. I mean, Keenan Allen was was their only real legitimate offensive weapon. So he got everything. I think. I'd be more concerned with him going into next year if things do change, if they, you know, switch it up or, you know, Mike Williams will be back maybe and, you know, see what goes on there. I think they're both still pretty valuable next year, but you are playing that game with both of them now of when's that year going to come where their value really starts to tank. So uh, I think if you're contending, they'll probably help you next year. If you're not, maybe you try to sell high now while you can. Yeah, but... I do want to bring up one guy, and I want to get your opinion. C.D. Lamb, is he in the same tier as uh, Chase and J.J. now? I think so. Yeah, I think he's got to be. He's tied to Dak Prescott, too. I mean, you know, Prescott has looked you know great this year, like we said, QB2 finish. So Not to get an he, extension. He's got to sure. be in the – yeah. So, I mean, Lamb's got to be in that elite tier now, I would think. Yeah, crazy, crazy year. Um I mean, obviously, I, I own him in like a stupid amount of leagues. I know Joe has seen it too. Like, I just I couldn't get away from him, and I I actively try to not draft him in certain leagues just because I have too many shares of him. But now I'm like, you know what? It, it was worth it. it. Paid off. He had an unbelievable season. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with him was just uh, Dallas's lack of, um, you know, commitment to just feeding him the ball constantly. Mm-hmm. And I and I just feel like at a certain point this year they were like, well. 
you know, nobody can defend him. So if we just throw it to him every single time, then we're going to score a lot of points. Yeah, and, it's, and they it's did worked out perfectly. Yeah, so, 181 think, targets. Yeah, uh, it's honestly absurd. It's it's stupid. He he finished the season with rushing too, like with over eight. I think he was over eighteen and uh, one eighteen hundred or even like eighteen point five hundred. Uh, total offensive yards, which is just crazy. And I think 14 total touchdowns, just crazy year. Got a, I'm very excited about him going forward. Any other wide receivers you guys want to talk to? Or you want to jump into some quick tight ends? Let's move to the tight ends. Yeah, let's All go right. tight ends. All right. So there were a couple of names that showed out. Um, number one overall, I think everyone's a heartthrob these days, the same Laporta, the rookie sensation just dominated as the tight end one. Which has never been done by a rookie. It was absolutely insane. And he's definitely the time and one, I think, as of right now in, in all of Dynasty. Uh, but TJ Hawkinson showed out. Obviously, he had an ACL injury uh, late in the year. So we'll see how that impacts next year. But he was showing out in that offense all season long, despite the, the, uh, the rotating quarterback situation there. Trey McBride, after, what was it, like week seven, dominating. Looks like a potential top three tight end going forward. Uh, and, which is nuts because you actually, after his rookie year in the first few weeks of the season, you thought he might not be anything, and now he's like top th- three. It's nuts. And then just want to give a shout-out to also Jake Ferguson because he finishes a top-10 tight end, looked very good. Again, looks like he'll be an integral part of the offense going forward. And he was a very late-round guy that you probably got going to the season. And I know for me, in one of my other dynasties, I got him out of free agency the year before. And now he's like a pretty one of the top tight ends that you can have. So uh, that's a guy who definitely shot up in value. He, I mean, I think even after the rookie draft, people thought uh, the shoemaker was going to be the tight end one, and it turned out Ferguson stole the job and became an elite option. Yeah, and you know it's frustrating because you like watching Dallas as a Ferguson owner and as a frequent Ferguson anytime <laughs> touchdown scorer wager. Shoemaker still gets like quite quite a bit yeah. of. Uh, Goal line targets, and they, they, I think they even have a third, like, white tight end that confuses me when I'm, like, trying Hendershot? to find... Yeah, Hendershot? Yeah, Hendershot. Hendershot yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find, you know, Ferguson's targets. I know, they uh, all look the same. They have the same, like, thickness yeah, like of arms. One number each. <laughs> one of them's 88, one of them's 87, another one's 89. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, Ferguson's... He looked good, and he's he's he, he seemed to tail off a little bit at the end. I don't know if that was just me. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But I think the it was just CD of... getting all the targets. Yeah, pretty much. But he had a stretch early, middle of the season where uh, he was scoring a ton, getting a ton of targets, putting up a lot of yards. So, mm-hmm. um, And Trey McBride, um, let's just hope that he, he keeps this going and it's not just a, a flash in the pan. I think he was, he was pretty hyped coming out of college as a mm-hmm. potential uh, – um, he was the first tight end drafted, I think, in the second round in that draft. Yeah, like a, a, a potential, like, offensive-producing tight end. So, we'll see. He's in the same offense. He's he's keeping the same quarterback. So, hopefully, uh, he'll be in a better offense next year. Hopefully, they'll add some more dynamic offensive skill guys and, you know, keep that momentum going. Yeah, and a, another guy I just wanted to mention was Evan Engram. I feel like, yeah. you know, he was he someone called. preseason you were kind of hoping would have a good season, and you've actually finished as tight end two on the year, which is pretty crazy. So his stock has gone way up since, uh, you know, prior to this year as well. 
Yeah, no, that's a it's a great call out. Um, he he was so consistent all year long. He was just getting so many targets. He was one of he was I think like the second read in the Jags offense most of the way. He just wasn't getting t- uh, touchdowns throughout the year. Uh, so like it's why he never was having like the the uh, big boom weeks. But he was always like in the top ten. But at the end of the year, he started getting those touchdowns, and you really saw the upside there. So I think that that's actually someone we'll get into uh, the section later. But that's someone who I think is going to continue to rise next year and be someone who I'd be trying to to potentially get on my team on, if possible, the cheap. Um, but with all those hits, they were definitely misses this year's as well. Uh, we had uh, a quarterback, a bunch of them, some due to, well, many due to injury. I try to limit the injury ones as much as possible, but if they if they look bad before injury, they're going to make the list. But yeah, Kenny Pickett just looked bad. Daniel Jones, uh, don't know. I mean, I'm still blaming some of it, the offensive line, but – wasn't great. Um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he disappointed based on what it went on. I do think his issue was that, and I'm just going to say this now, get it out of my system, and you guys can believe it or not. Um, but he just he tried to not miss games, and I just think he was injured, like basically most of the season. Like this past week, I don't think he would have played if it wasn't for he, he's he had his AC joint was messed up. He if it was an, an October game, I don't think he plays. He had a bum arm. Um, then he had like a concussion and then he tried to get back from then it was a high ankle sprain and another one. He just kept forcing his way back. So I don't think he was ever fully healthy. Uh, I don't think he excuses all the mistakes that he made this year, but I do think that was a big factor there, but it happens. He was on the field. You wanted more and, uh, and you had a, a down season, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, more so because Flacco just looks so much better than Watson ever looked. Uh, it's crazy. And then, uh, Bryce young, uh, call out again. He's a rookie, but you want to see flashes from rookies. He he did start the last couple of weeks, have a couple of plays here and there, but still it's just like, it's, it's hard to get excited after his rookie year, the build off. Like it, there, there weren't many plays or moment. He never had a moment that you're like, okay, this is like potential there. So uh, kind of down on all those, but I don't know if there were any other quarterbacks that stood out to you or ones you uh, kind of want to elaborate more on. Well, it's funny, Dave. I think our uh, preseason picks years, had to do with Kenny Pickett yeah. and had to do with Daniel Jones. And I don't we're think not, we're not bringing those back up. We're not, I think we, <laughs> we couldn't have been more wrong on those. They were bold. Uh, they were bold. This is how, bold. this is why they were bold. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, those were huge misses. Trevor Lawrence. I, I am still relatively high on them. Like I, I I'm still think he's all, yeah. an asset and I think he'll be good next year. Uh, Watson's the one, like you said, with Flacco coming in and looking so good. You know, I don't know. I, I, I would be looking to get rid of him if I could. I just wouldn't want to stick with him. I, I, I hate Watson. They, yeah, they, the, the thing is, they have no caps, no chance, no um, option but to stick with him. Like the amount of dead cap hit they would need to take if they were to cut. I, I want to say, I could be wrong, but like I, I heard it was like, uh, I, I just brought it up. So two hundred million is that right? Yeah, if they cut him, it is a basically two hundred one million dollar dead cap. Yeah, that is the <laughs> most ridiculous. It's thing. out of control. Yeah. Like so, he's and, and in his defense, right? Like he got hurt. He looked like shit last year, but I do feel better. like he was. He started off this year pretty strong. He looked okay. He was running the ball. He had a couple of rushing touchdowns. He was looking all right. Like it. I, we were like, I think we remember, uh, you know, like 
whatever week that was, six or seven or eight, when he went after the season thinking that this was going to like deal a, 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 a blow to the Browns Super Bowl hopes, right? As if they were like a contender with Watson. So he was, he was playing good football then. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's good. It's going to be an interesting dynamic if Flacco takes them to, you know, a deep postseason run or even the Super Bowl. And then I don't they think they no, can afford Flacco and, now. He's, he's, and, he's played his way yeah, into well, a bigger saying, contract. have no yeah. choice. To just yeah. go back to Watson next year. Like, there's, like, literally no other option for them. So, crazy. And, and, yeah. and uh, Bryce Young, capital B. Yeah. Bust. Bust. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, even Levis had, like, flashes. Like, you just never yeah. saw it from Bryce, which is... He has arguably the... The, the least amount of pocket awareness of any quarterback that I <laughs> yeah. watched this entire season, like including all the backups, like literally the guy just has no awareness and like it strips that con- like he's worse than Jones. Like it's just, it's tough to watch. So yeah, unfortunately he's a bust. Sorry, Panthers. Um, Tried to yeah. trade for him from Harry and Dan this year. And uh, I appreciate you guys <laughs> declining that offer. <laughs> yeah. Save me from myself. Um, (laughs) But uh, moving to some bust running backs, there's uh, Tony Pollard, uh, more so it was okay for your team, but you were expecting a high-end asset, and he's like a a low-end RB2. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, weird year for him. Um, Injury kind of derailed when he looked like he was starting to bounce back, but uh, definitely had higher hopes for him. Personally, for me, I'm in, like Antonio Gibson was someone I want. I just want to throw it out there because I had a lot of hopes that he'd be good, and he just back to being bad again. Uh, Damian Pierce is probably the biggest one that a lot of people were pretty high on going into the season, and then just really disappointed. Um, and looks like he may not even have too much of a job going forward. But the biggest bust of them all easily is Miles Sanders, um, which. I was high on him. I know Joe, you were as well. And like, I don't, I don't even know. Is it just if you're a Panther, you just stunt? Like, I just don't get what happened there. I was gonna say, do you think Bryce Young affected that? Is that no? I, I think it's Sanders. <laughs> you think it was Sanders? <laughs> Chuba, Chuba Hubbard was great. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Sanders stunk. I, I think that <laughs> they they gave him a four year. $25 million contract. It was the biggest running back contract that was given in the offseason just for him to like come in and and promptly hit his his physical uh, running back cliff. Like I think that's what yeah. it is. I, I honestly think that he just like lost his his step at some point between when last season ended and when he signed that $25 million contract and he literally just essentially robbed Carolina of $25 million because he's he's the second best running back on the team and they'll probably end up cutting him eventually and I mean he's probably what like a a, a better version of Dalvin Cook right now you know like I, I think he's a little better than, than than Dalvin but not much better from a yeah. from a fantasy or from a real football perspective so it's unfortunate um, I traded up for him in our startup I you know, they always say to like say to follow the money, and there were high hopes in Carolina this year with Bryce coming in, and you know you thought Miles was going to be the the workhorse, and it ended up being Hubbard. Quite frankly, if uh, if Miles Sanders had had Hubbard's season, uh, I'd be looking back and very very pleased with how that 
that trade up turned out. So it's unfortunate, but yeah, it just goes to show you that you don't want to give uh, many running backs. Like I, I, I don't even know like how many there are out there. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Saquon, I love you, man, but if the Giants yeah. give him a contract, I, They're I won't. Not. I won't. Yeah. yeah, they better not. Uh, and I think one of the, uh, the things that uh, was Miles Sanders' uh, undoing or downfall was last year when he was on the Eagles. The Eagles' offensive line is great, and just and that's where he was just like getting open lanes and, and just bursting through that. And that's where I believe DeAndre Swift is a free agent this year, and DeAndre Swift looked horrible. Goes to the Eagles, looks great, slicing things up. Although he can't, for some reason, he trips on the one yard line. He just can't get in the end zone. There's like a force field there for him. It's all for only for Jalen Hurts can pierce it. Um, but I don't think the Eagles are going to re sign Swift because they don't sign, uh, pay money to running back. So if you're going to the next year, there's a chance that Swift becomes the this year's Miles Sanders potentially. So just something. Our listeners, all, all dozens of you, uh, uh, just keep that, keep that little nugget in mind when you're going into next season and you're following where the money goes with Swift. Because Swift will get paid, but it's not going to be by Philly, I don't think. And he, uh, if he doesn't have a strong offensive line, I don't know how he's going to show out there. Any other running backs that stick out to you? Uh, nothing that really surprised me. Like, Najee, you can maybe talk to, but I think a lot of people expected this. Henry had, like, ups and downs. But oh, these were all ones that kind of expected. So it was more of the players who – we had higher hopes for um, some wide receivers. Uh, a lot of these we called out for, and uh, I'm very excited because a lot of the guys that I hated sucked, and finally I got some hits there. I can't get the right, like the good players, but I can call the bad players. So, um, but T. Higgins was, I think, this year a complete bust. Uh, wide receiver 46, obviously injury, but it's always injury with him. So I think that's kind of part of his game. Um, but even when he wasn't hurt, he only had a couple big games here and there, but it wasn't that great. Jared Judy stunk, uh, and I successfully acquired him and flipped him in another trade. Uh, as I called out, I was going to do in this, uh, this pod, but he looks terrible. Uh, Jameson Williams looked terrible, but I will say he looked better the last couple of weeks, but I still don't think he's great. But the, it does seem like Detroit is kind of uh, – uh, committed to trying to getting him involved in the offense. So maybe someone you can get for like a fourth round, fifth, third round pick and uh, maybe have some upside, but I, don't, I wouldn't go too uh, big on him. Calvin Ridley was a bit of a disappointment from what you thought you were going to get. Jahan Dotson, we already talked about, like, what the hell? What, I, I just like, I, I don't even know what to say there. Um, Garrett Wilson, but that was all offense in the QB. Uh, Jalen Waddell, um, he was hurt every game. Finished almost all of those games, but hurt every game. Um, but he was truly like the, the backup, like the wide receiver two in that team. Tyreek just like really dominated. Devonta Smith seemed like the wide receiver two most of this year. Uh, Christian Watson is a walking injury. And when he finally started to get it going, he got injured again. Um, and Quinton Johnson just doesn't look like the answer. I, I think the Chargers are going to draft another uh, wide receiver in the with a high pick, which is crazy after you did that with uh, Quinton Johnson. But – those are some of the big ones I want to call it out if you guys have any thoughts on this or others. Well, it's interesting. Most of these are wide receiver two on their teams. I think Ridley and Garrett Wilson are really the only like true wide receiver ones on their teams. A lot of these guys have either studs they're playing across um, or in like QJ's case, I guess they're just, you know, rookies at this point, but you know, I, 
I think they're all misses. The ones that I think still will have quite a bit of value are probably Smith and Waddle. Um, you know, Waddle, if he's not always hurt, I think is a pretty good receiver. And Smith has A.J. Brown, so if something ever happens to A.J. Brown, I think he'd be really valuable. But it, it's interesting. A lot of these guys, I think, are just wide receiver twos that you were kind of hoping for wide receiver one numbers from, and it just kind of turned out that they are actually just the wide receiver twos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because, I mean, if you think about, like, if you look at Devonta Smith's numbers, it he was, he was pretty consistent and for a long stretch in the middle of the season, right, like week, Eight, nine, ten was the buy. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. He's getting double-digit targets. He's scoring one, two, three, four, four touchdowns. Like he's, he, it seemed like for a lot of this season he was he was the number one target in the offense. And like we talked about earlier, Philly's offense has been a little bit weird. But I, 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 I I'm more confident in him moving forward because I think that he looked pretty good this year and it's just like exactly like Ryan said where you know like he's 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 just in an offense where there's you know uh Hertz is running in touchdowns he's got AJ Brown he's got uh DeAndre Swift he's got Dallas Goddard he's got you know Quez Quez Watkins every (laughs) once in a while getting you know like I just think that it's it's I wouldn't necessarily consider him a, a true, true bust, but definitely a little bit of a disappointment at his ADP. Um, same thing for with with. I mean, I'll I'll ride for T Higgins to the end because I feel like when when he's out there, he's um, a tremendous receiver, and I don't see any scenario where they're going to be able to resign him. So he's going to go somewhere, depending on the situation and depending on what the Giants do. I'm like, you know. I wouldn't be all that upset if he ended up coming to mm-hmm. the Giants, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's a great receiver and um, this year specifically, he was more injury riddled for him than usual. I mean, mm-hmm. he's definitely good for an injury or two each year and to miss a couple games, but this year he missed a shitload of games and even the games that he played in, there were times where he was on and off the field and it was just a mess. So not really this what this year wasn't great for my case that he's <laughs> better than Mike Williams although he was I, exactly I, Mike Williams I stand by <laughs> yeah, that. Mike Williams wasn't there either right out to the death he is there's no <laughs> world in which Mike Williams is better than T Higgins but um they are not all that different at least this year they were not all that different from just what they brought to the table in terms of production and injury and absence. They're Michael. He's Michael Williams, but uh, (laughs) right. I think that was a good call about a lot of these guys being wide receiver twos. But the the thing is like uh, everyone was viewing these guys as wide receiver ones. Yeah, exactly. uh, Or like like top 15 guys. And the fact of the matter is it's like, it's just so hard for these guys to give you consistent, like, top 15 wide receiver outlooks. Now, Dynasty, obviously, you're projecting out a few years, but they're, they're, you're viewing that output that you're going to get this year. And it, I don't see a path for most of these guys. Like Wilson, I think, is going to be fine. But I don't see consistent, like, high-end two wide receiver one paths, for, at least next year, for a lot of these guys as well. So the Smith situation, too, like, I don't 
I don't think that some of these, like, I don't think Smith's not talented. I don't think, I think Higgins is talented in certain situations, but he, he's just Mike Williams where you're going to blow up and you're not going to get like, I don't like, I can't get away from like, I feel like it's a, I don't want to say Kenny Galladay because Galladay is like, that's like the worst case scenario of it, but I don't see that ever. But like, that's just the type of wide receiver these guys are. Um, But Waddle too, like Waddle has these blow up moments, but when they have the alpha on the other side, it's it's hard for them to get that consistent um, uh, target volume. But for Smith in particular, there's just so many different targets there, and it's not a high passing volume offense at all. And and Hurts didn't really make a step forward in his ability to pass at least this year, but they're still not passing a lot. And like Hurts doesn't throw a ton of touchdowns either. So like. If you're if it's a small pie and you have to split it up, like I just don't see how Smith is going to give you high end numbers consistently. Like a lot, of, I'm sure if you had like the map of the AJ Brown games and the Smith games, there's very few that both did well. Because um, like I know there was that streak that you saw AJ Brown who had like over 125 receiving yards. You can look, and that was probably the. And I'm just looking at Devonta Smith's games, and I'm going to say that was probably all the way like what, through week seven when Devon Smith had nothing then week effect, eight yeah. when he blew up. That's probably when AJ Brown's streak broke. Like they, That's yeah. kind of how it went for the, those guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would be fine having these guys on my team. You just you, – you can't view them, in my opinion, as wide receiver one, but I think everyone still does. I think we'll see where Higgins ends up. I think Higgins if he has – in yeah. Cincinnati, then no, you couldn't – then you could make the case. But depending on where he ends up, you know, he got, he got, it's going to be interesting because from a quarterback perspective, there's like almost nowhere he can go where he'll go mm-hmm. to a better quarterback situation, but he'll likely go somewhere where he'll be number one receiver. So like, let's just say, let's just say Buffalo, I, I like literally just throwing something out here, right? Like mm-hmm. Buffalo at like Diggs ends up leaving Buffalo and T Higgins goes to Buffalo. Like I think T Higgins would be uh, a monster in Buffalo because yeah. that's an offense where he'd get a lot of targets and opportunity and, I sure will say I don't hate Mike Williams. I just like <laughs> I, I think Mike Williams is a good asset. Like I would have been happy to have Mike Williams and T. Higgins on the Giants. Let me ask you this. But that is what they are. Like I don't Let think he is an elite. I don't think he's a top ten guy. I think Mike he's Williams like, has been in the league for five years at this point. Like is he is his rookie contract like just up right now? No, he's on a second contract. He's on a second contract. Yeah, I think he's yeah. even longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, he's been he's he's been in the league for a while now. Looking him up. There's just so many Mike Williams. Um, I got the right one. I'm curious what yeah. his. I'm curious. He, what, he's 29. I'm curious yeah, what he, his second contract was like because the contract that T Higgins is about to get, I can almost assure you, will be more lucrative than whatever the Chargers gave Mike Williams for his second contract. This was this is was Mike Williams' eighth season. Yeah. So he got a a three year, sixty million dollar contract. Okay, so we'll see. I mean, it's that's a good deal, but we'll see where we'll see what Higgins ends up with. I think it will be, I think it'll be good money, honestly, in that range, for sure. So. And th- were they both Clemson guys too? Uh, they were both Clemson. They guys. are the same player, dude. I'm telling you this. They are the exact same guy. <laughs> I. What what was what was T Higgins drafted? What what was his pick? T. Higgins. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Let's get it. We're doing it live, people. We're doing it live. Where, where's the Wikipedia? Here we go. Because Mike Williams was the seventh overall pick. 
And we got T. Higgins coming in. Later. All right, he was second round pick. So Mike Williams is better. If you don't know, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I'd rather have Higgins now for sure if he's going to go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but Mike Williams had big years. I'm just saying. They're the same player. Uh, anyway, moving on to uh, the tight ends. Because uh, we're, we're, uh, that were kind of hits. And this, like, it's tight ends. It's, you, you didn't invest, hopefully, too much in a lot of these guys. Darren Waller was the one that had the highest hopes. And, again, I, I, I know I was personally high on I know Ryan knew too. Uh, a lot of it was injury. A lot of it was offense. Um, but it, it, you just had such high hopes, and it fell short. Uh, Chig Conquell, even though he uh, won me that bet, uh, and he had a, a decent finish to the year, uh, you just were expecting so much more. And honestly, a lot of that, the Hopkins um, signing kind of took some of the targets away, which uh, limited his upside. But I'm still hopeful for him long term. He showed some flashes still, and he started getting more involved. But he definitely did not – meet the top 10 tight end most people thought you were going to get. And uh, I just want to call Pat Fryermuth. Uh, outside of that one game against, what was it? Was it the Bengals, Joe? Is that the, the team that you always bet against? He stunk. He was just bad uh, most of the year. But um, So that was someone who many people were viewing as a top 10 tight end in Dynasty. I don't think I view him as a top 10 time, uh, Dynasty tight end after this year. But I don't know if you guys had any other tight end thoughts here. I mean, Darren Waller has got to be the biggest one potentially the biggest miss we've talked about except for maybe one of the two of the quarterbacks he was literally being drafted as the q or tight end three i saw some drafts where he was even going as like the tight end two sometimes people were super super high on him going into Mm -hmm. this year and yeah it was a complete bust of a year for him um mostly probably because of the offense so maybe he turns it around a little bit next year but the hopes you had for him this preseason i think are pretty much gone yeah yeah, for me, it's just what comes to mind. Uh, Kelsey, disappointing. We talked about him a little bit earlier. I'm sure we'll talk about him again mm-hmm. coming up. Um, Dallas Goddard, I mean, he's relevant for me here in this league because um, mm-hmm. I took him with a reasonably high pick in our startup. And he didn't end up – I think he finished as the tight end 14 on the year, which is still pretty strong considering he goosed in week one and then missed three games with injury in the middle of the season. But, you know, like, it just didn't feel like he was as involved in the offense as um, you want him to be. And this probably goes back to what we were just saying about the Philly offense, where there's a lot of mouths to feed from an offense that runs first. So, um, you know, not all that different of a case to make for his uh, situation moving forward as we were just kind of making for – uh, Devonte Smith as they're just um, non AJ Brown pieces in an offense where there's a lot of mouths to feed and and they do a lot on the ground so probably not the best situation for him but uh, it's all right because I have Trey McBride so we'll, that's right we'll you upgraded <laughs> um, but with that. Uh, saying now that we've seen that some of the hits or misses going into next year, and we, we touched upon a lot of players already, but uh, if there's any other players you want to shout out or ones you want to kind of reiterate on is going into next year, what players do you think are going to start rising in value? Maybe like a Trey McBride who like shoots up and you want to try to potentially start targeting this offseason uh, or maybe tell other people that they maybe should be going into. I can jump into some of them, but kind of want to open the floor up to you guys if there's any certain players that you think people should be uh, kind of looking into that are on the up and up. 
I think one that we talked about is Rashad White, and I say that just because we saw Joe's response right away, which I feel like is the community's response. People just don't believe in him, so if you do, I feel like you can get a pretty good discount on him, a guy that could have another top 10 running back season. Um, Ty Chandler is another one who, you know, ended the year looking pretty good and, you know, who knows what happens there next year. If he does end up being the guy or at least, uh, a one, a one B type situation, he could be pretty valuable and you could probably get him really cheap right now. I would think, um, on the wide receiver side, you know, the commander wide receivers, if they do get a, a new quarterback, maybe their value does potentially shoot up. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy, Christian Kirk, you know, he was having an amazing year until he got mm-hmm. injured. We talked about Evan Engram. Um, if they keep all those pieces and Lawrence, you know, has a decent or even better year next year, I think he'll be pretty valuable again too. Yeah, Christian Kirk, I, I like the call because I feel like people kind of forgot now because he's been hurt so long. Um just how solid he was that I feel like he is someone you could probably sneakily snag in a trade or maybe have a larger trade and kind of get him as another person added in there. So that'd be someone I'd be throwing in. Um, there were some wide receivers, like Jaden Reed is someone I, if, I I was growing on him throughout the year and he finished, I think he might be the best wide receiver in green Bay. He, I mean, he had a lot of touchdowns. He's almost like a Debo light the way they use him, And he's, uh, it makes plays. Um, and I, I can't get off the Shahid train. I just love Rashid Shahid. Uh, and I, I think he's truly the wide receiver too in that offense going forward. And again, I still think he's so cheap that you could probably get him. Of course, every time I target them, the person knows that I'm high on them. So they treat this guy like he's a top 24 wide receiver. I'm like, come on, man. Like this is like a barely a 40 top 40 wide receiver. Um, but I, that's definitely someone I'd be targeting um, as well. And obviously there's players you can give a shot on. Uh, Bijan, maybe there's a disgruntled owner. Good luck. I, I'm a Bijan owner. I don't think I would do too much there, but he was going into this year as the RB1 in Dynasty. He may be down to, like, I don't know, the RB5. So, like, p- there is potential that you're getting a discount there, but those are the type of things that I'd at least kick the tires on there. But, Joe, I don't know if you have a couple thoughts on anyone. Yeah, despite the frustrations with Bijan, and there was a lot of frustrations, he still finished this year as the running back nine. So it's really only, uh, we can, you know, as an owner, I think it would be, you know, I had frustrations and I definitely kicked the tires on moving him this year. But the fact that there's going to be, um, new coaching coming in and the offense will look different next year. And hopefully they'll have somewhat of a functional quarterback. Um, you know, I think, I think he's still way, way up there in terms of, uh, you know, if you were doing a, a dynasty startup draft right now, um, I don't know how you guys would value your running backs, but I think oh, yeah, he's up. There. I still think I'm still taking Bijan first. Bijan, uh, it's Bijan Gibbs, uh, Brees, and CMC are the three there, but I probably like those are the clear cut four for me. Maybe yeah. I throw an H in. I don't know. Um, no, those are those are clear cut uh, four for me. And, but like when you factor in age, it's like it's probably those th- first three in a startup I'd be going for first. Um, yeah. And honestly, I, I, I wouldn't. You can argue any th- of those three being RB one. So, but I'm fine with that. From a wide receiver standpoint, um, yeah, I was think, I was saying, you know, Christian Kirk 
injury. I feel like you should have added that to the list of um, excuses why Trevor Lawrence stunk this year. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of excuses. Uh, Ridley was not that great. Uh, I thought they Giving were leveling up, uh, leveling up for a true wide receiver one. So that's uh, on my wish list. As, uh, I'm, we're gonna have there, we're gonna have a wish list uh, for uh, the off season and get Lawrence a true wide receiver one. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. I think Ridley will find a new home, but I, I agree. He still he's he can still produce. I'm not I'm not totally out on, on No, I don't think he's bad. I just don't think he's like the alpha one that like you're trying to level yeah, up. No, I completely agree. Or the, or that they even thought that they exactly. were gonna have. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh other couple sneaky ones I I already mentioned Jordan Love before, so I don't feel the need to get into that. But if I would be uh looking into trying to get Kyler or Fields, uh just to see what it takes to get them. Because there's a chance that they're going to be thrown to Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, um, and it, their value is going to skyrocket. Like if the Bears don't trade Fields and uh, they trade back, or they just you know go Marvin at one, or if three quarterbacks go in a row with all the trades going on, and, and the Cardinals get Marvin Harrison, like I would be very excited because those those guys will be catapulted easily into top 10, but maybe even like top seven, top five next year. Um, so I'd, I'd at least kick the tire, see if you can get them on the cheap there. Cause they, they had, a, Kyler had a disappointing year overall uh, fields had up and down. So you might be able to get them cheaper. And then tight end. I know Ryan, you talked about Ingram, but Njoku is one we haven't really mentioned because I know Joe hates him. Um, no, but like he, he finally put it together uh, and he had a monster monster, like back half of this year with Flacco. So uh, that's another guy that who knows if people believe or not, but he has all the physical attributes and he was drafted to be this type of tight end and it's finally coming together. So, uh, might be someone depending on your league, if they, people value tight ends, you could get again as a throw into a larger deal. The problem with him though, is he has to go back to Watson next year. He's been, he's literally finished as the tight end six because of Flacco. Just force a trade to wherever Flacco goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I honestly liked what I saw from Dalton Kincaid this year, and I would love to be rising on him, but I think that Dalton Knox is still under contract for, I think it's like at least two more years before they can, and it might even be three. So unfortunately, it's going to be a, a two-headed monster with, you know, those we had those three or four games in the middle of the season where Knox was out with the injury, where Kincaid was a smash, and I just kind of think, you know, Knox got the touchdown last week. Kincaid got, you know, six targets to Knox's two or three targets. So it's just going to be a, a a game with those two for, for the near term, trying to decide where the value is. Yeah, it's really annoying when teams have multiple large featured white tight ends. I just, yeah. it's very hard to keep track of what's going on there. Um, but on the flip side, who are some players that uh, you're trying to get out from or, or maybe now is the – peak value i know joe you were kind of mentioned this earlier in the pod, but there's certain players like you think this is peak value you kind of want to trade them and get out from it or it's just like you think their value could already be declining but you want to get out before the wheels fall off kind of like if you had dalvin cook going into this past season you may want to try to get out from it and he is worthless now if you get a fifth round pick you'd be excited um so are there any players that you're trying to move on obviously there's some like obvious names a lot of the aging players that we mentioned a lot of the running backs. Uh, Kelsey seems like one that everyone's kind of like trying to maybe move on from, especially with all these young and hot tight ends coming up. But I don't know if there's other names that kind of jump out, you guys. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm personally, we talked about Kelsey a couple times. The position I'm in with Kelsey where is basically really hoping that he has a strong uh, playoffs. And if he does have a strong playoffs, then I'll look to sell him in the offseason for not two cents on the dollar, but, you know, try to capitalize on the value because, yeah, there were off-field distractions this year which I think contributed to his slight lack of production. He also just looked slow. He looked like he was running in quicksand compared to, you know, even Noah Gray, who's just like the extra, you know, B2, you know, additional white tight end that KC has to back up Kelsey. Uh, I feel like for the second half of the year, anytime there was like a big dynamic downfield target to a tight end, it was Noah Gray. I know. So... Uh, if if you're in a league where anybody will still um, ha- have a a league member who is um, going to attribute any value to J.K. Dobbins, um, he can be officially <laughs> moved on from. Yeah, and I was able to do that this year. I was going to say <laughs> he apparently still has value in our league. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> body is cold already. We got. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Gus Edwards actually had a really good year, but he's someone I don't think you'd be relying on going into next year. They probably nope. you would think get someone else. Um, but yeah, I think Kelsey is definitely the number one in terms of really valuable assets that you're getting a little worried about and it could all fall apart next year. Yeah. I, one guy that uh, I, I feel like you could still potentially get value for is Josh Jacobs. Um I'm. I have concerns about him. Obviously, he had a bit of a down year and he was injured a bit, but he was playing on the franchise tag this year. Uh, going to be I, new coach, new regime. Don't know what they're going to do there. I don't know if they're going to want to pay him. I don't know where he's going to end up. Um, so I would try to like who knows. Maybe his value goes up, but I don't know. I feel like if you trade him, there's a good chance you're not. If he goes to a better situation, not losing value on a trade. So, but there's a lot of downside wherever he goes. So I try to probably move on from him and, and, and cash in what you can. Um, wide receivers for me, there. I mean, I'm personally not high on Godwin. Uh, I, I I still think a lot of people have a decent view on him in Dynasty. I've kind of been out on him for a couple of years now. Hollywood is someone that. He was pretty bad this year, but people may think like, oh, he's young. Maybe he signs a new contract somewhere, and and that always gets people excited when they sign a new contract with new teams. I just don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one in any team, so maybe you can get some sell a little on the up and up after he signs somewhere. And Cortland Sutton, he just had an insane touchdown rate this past season. I just don't see that happening again. Um, so you maybe can convince someone to be like, yeah, he was a he was a solid wide receiver too this year. You, should, you definitely trade for him because I think his his production is going to drop next year. But those are some of the guys I just wanted to call out for you. Yeah, I would agree on on Sutton. Cosine, cosine, and then who are some players that you just don't know what to do with? Um, it could be either injury, coaching situation, team, but. Um, Players can go certain ways. I mean, one guy I want to call out is uh, is Herbert, Justin Herbert, um, because he was going in as like a top five quarterback. Uh, he had some good weeks, but now it's going to have a uh, new coach, losing weapons. I, I It's it's kind of hard to see what's going to happen there. I don't know where you, where you guys are feeling. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd still be high on Herbert, but you're right. I, we've talked a lot about the Chargers' offensive weapons this podcast alone, and you kind of don't really know what's going to happen there. But he did have a solid year, and I still think he he's a, a top quarterback that you'd want to have over a lot of others. Mahomes is another one we've talked a lot about. I, I think he's still in that top tier, but he didn't have that top season this year. Does it? really turn around and he's back in the top one, two next year. I don't know. I, I'm not concerned there and he's definitely a valuable QB one, but if you were starting a draft today, I don't know if he would definitely still go one or two overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with Justin Herbert, I, I wouldn't be looking to pay top dollar and overpay, but I think that he'd probably be somebody who I would be willing to kick the tires on looking to acquire with an owner who might potentially be a little bit down on the situation with, you know, their weapons. And um, Staley was more of a defensive-minded coach, and there's a little bit of uh, an opportunity for a blank slate, see who they bring in there next um, at QB. I don't think he had a terrible year. and from a dynasty standpoint, you know, I think there's still much brighter days ahead for someone with the arm talent that he has. Um, you know, you could say what you will about their propensity to blow close games and kind of like melt in the in the clutch moments, but you know, that's not exactly what we're um, always targeting with uh, fantasy. So I still like him. I still, I think he would still be somebody that I'd be willing to trade for. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably how, uh, how for me. I mean, the the fact that he doesn't run certainly isn't ideal, but um, I'm still in. I'm not I'm not out on Justin Herbert just yet. Yeah, a couple other guys. I'm I'm curious, you guys' thoughts on. Obviously, we touched upon Stefan Diggs. He might might be moving on. Cooper Cup. Uh, Consistency, consistency wasn't there this year and because you had the emergence of Kyron and Puka. And, and Stafford is obviously getting an older, so that's an interesting one. Mark Cooper, what court, like what quarterback he's going to have. And he obviously had some huge gains with Flacco. He, he did good with Watson as well, though, so be interesting. Um, Devontae Adams, he had flashes this year, but like there's rumors he's going to get traded to the Jets now. So like I don't know if you are worried about him or you're trying to get him, but – of those guys, which ones are, are you still, do you feel is very murky or are ones that you want to get in on or get out on? I would be looking to get out on cup. It's actually weird, right? Like between the two, you would think that you'd be, uh, that Cooper would be the one that you'd be more uncertain about between cup and Cooper. Um, but as someone who owns both, I think, I think that I'm more, I think that I'm looking probably to capitalize again, similar situation with cup where um, depending on how he looks in the playoffs, I think going into next year, he's not going to, I mean, you could tell this year he was, he, he just wasn't the top option in that offense anymore. And I don't necessarily know that he's going to, you know, reclaim that position the older he gets. So I think if you can still get value for cup, um, and, you know, roll him into somebody who, you know, maybe won't produce as much, you know, next year, but 
will will have a little bit more longevity. I think that uh, I would be, I I personally would be looking to to move him. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Cup's the one who I would probably be trying to move. I think you could still get pretty high wide receiver one value, and he's got to be the one that it's a little murky going into next year. He didn't have that great of a year this year, and Puka obviously emerged, and he's the one who's likely going to take over that wide receiver one role. So he's the one I'd be most concerned about. And then Diggs, I think it's just interesting – to see what happens, you know, does he stay? Does he leave? That is going to change a lot of things for him. So I think you got to wait and see what happens before you move him. Yeah. I think the playoffs be very telling on what goes on. If they, uh, if they go far and potentially win uh, the Super Bowl, I think that'll mend any uh, problems they have going on in Buffalo. Um, but yeah, moving on, I guess in, going into the off season, uh, cause again, this is the more fun time, uh, for dynasty what is uh on your wish list one what's one thing that you are hoping to see happen this off off season whether it be a hiring a, a trade draft or what or what signing whatever and one thing you're terrified of happening uh, and it could be personal it could be for your own personal benefit on your teams or not so it's funny because you you kind of just said my one wish i'm i'm counting this right now as the fantasy off season and i really want to see the bills win the super bowl because <laughs> I just think that mends so much between Allen and Diggs going into next year. If they win a game and lose to Kansas City or something like that in the second game, I think it's just going to be devastating for them. I think Diggs leaves, and then I think Allen's value takes a little bit of a hit going into next year. So my wish list is for a Bills Super Bowl so that uh, they're all happy in Buffalo. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Um, I'm going to say... Marvin Harrison Jr. to Arizona would be my wish because um, selfishly, as somebody who's in on Kyler in a, in this in our particular Superflex Dynasty League, um, and with the aging but still productive Matthew Stafford as my QB two, if I could lock in Kyler with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Trey McBride as his. Uh, <laughs> as his two big targets next year. I, I think I would feel better about Kyle. Especially if you land the one on one if they yourself. were to, yeah, if they were to add um a, dy- a not, like a young dynamic mm-hmm. wide receiver to that offense. Uh, that would I'm 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 still high on Kyler, but that would be a, a, a huge bump to his value. Yeah. And mine it wouldn't help me in this league, it would help me in other leagues, but uh is get uh in Atlanta, have the head coach become Ben Johnson, who's the OC from uh, Detroit Lions, uh, where that offense is dominated, and also make sure that the uh, Falcons get a real quarterback as well. And just finally, finally, see what these highly drafted offensive weapons can do. And honestly, I think they have, what is it, the eighth pick for like the fourth year in a row now again? Like maybe they draft like another crazy wide receiver or tight end, who knows? But like just get – Get these guys the ball and let's see what can happen. I just want to see that because I do have Bajan shares otherwhere, have pits at other spots. So I, I want to see these guys succeed. But what, what else are you? Uh, what about being terrified? What is something that you're dreading? Because obviously, players' values can change in an instant based on signings. Arthur Smith coming and coaching your team, uh, or what? So, uh, <laughs> what are you guys uh, worried about happening? What about start with you, Ryan? I mean, selfishly, I would have to say it's 
the Rams getting another running back, whether they acquire someone or draft someone. Kyron's value is sky high right now. And Mm. if anything happens there in the running back room, it's going to tank. So I'm really holding on to hope that he stays the RB1 there uh, with no real competition into next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I guess it's, we talked a lot about some of these wide receivers that I'm excited or we're excited about where they end up. Um, and I just don't know. Uh, I, I'm hoping that they don't end up in New England because I just don't, I'm not necessarily, I can, I can already tell I'm not going to be high on the Pats offense next year. It's looking like it's going to be a Jaden Daniels likely mm-hmm. situation, I had to say. But who's to say that they even take Daniels there? What if they try to trade for a quarterback? And then draft Marvin Harrison Jr., which would be a catastrophe just because now Marvin Harrison is potentially getting wasted on the, the Patriots offense. So that's that would be a not ideal. You know, someone like T. Higgins, who I'm excited about, his landing spot ending up in New England, that would be not ideal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hate to dump on the Pats, and, and maybe they'll surprise me a little bit next year, but just the way they look this year. Um, I don't know that they're going to, their offense is just going to like suddenly turn it around and be dynamic again next year. So, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, let's, uh, let's try and keep these, these productive and exciting wide receivers out of New England. Yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the pass would be a nightmare, especially because the Pats just ruin round one wide receivers. (laughs) Just don't do it. Um, yeah. Uh, one, so, I mean, that's definitely what I'm worried about. Another one that I'm worried about, but I already know is happening is the commanders draft a quarterback. Um, they're going to do that. Uh, but the other real one that is just that if Miami gets another uh, running back, because most starts getting older. So you're going to assume that hopefully next year, a chance starts taking more of that lead. But if for some reason they do bring in another uh, running back with somewhat high investment, whether it be draft capital, like day two draft capital or, um, or they sign someone to decent money just because they aren't, don't want to give HN the, the workload. Would not like to see that because uh, HN is electric and I don't want to see his value go down. Um, so that one is a little selfish because my first one wasn't as selfish. Um, but yeah, we'll see. A lot, lot that unfold and unpack this offseason and uh, we'll try to keep you guys all updated as the, that goes on. But right now we got the NFL playoffs uh, and I thought it'd be fun for us all to kind of just preview what we think is going to happen by – uh, breaking down our own NFL playoff bracket before closing out the show. So, uh, Ryan, want to start us off with how your uh, playoff bracket is looking? Yeah, sure. I'll run through it quick. So, round one in the AFC, I went Cleveland over Texans. I'm going Flacco all the way. Um, mm-hmm. Would love to see him even win another game or two. Uh, I'm going the Chiefs over Miami, and I'm going Buffalo over Pittsburgh. And then round one in the NFC, I'm going Philly over Tampa Bay. I'm going to actually go the Rams over the Lions, and I'm going to go Dallas over Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And then in round two, AFC, I'm going to go Baltimore over, over Cleveland, although I would really love to see Cleveland over Baltimore there. <laughs> Sorry, Schluter. And then just to reverse jinx it, because I want Buffalo to win the Super Bowl, I'm going to go with Kansas City over Buffalo here. Um, really hoping that they don't do that to Buffalo again, but we'll see. And then uh, in the NFC, I'm going to go San Francisco over the Rams and Dallas over Philly. In the AFC Conference Championship game, I'm actually going to go with the Chiefs over Baltimore. I 
just scared of them making a run in the playoffs here. And in the NFC, I'm actually going to go with Dallas over San Francisco as well. And then in the Super Bowl, I'm going to give it to Dallas over Kansas City. Don't hate me, you Giants fans, but uh, had oh, to do you're it. You're going to hate yourself for that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, I like it. I mean, it's, it's a spicy bracket, but we'll see. Spicy bracket. I mean, think, I don't think there's a lot of overlap in most of our brackets. So I, I shouldn't see Joey's. Joe, why don't you reveal, reveal yours so we can see if there's going to be a lot of overlap or not? Yeah, so I'll jump in. In the AFC first round, I was the same as you, Ride Dog. I had Cleveland, Casey, and Buffalo all advancing. And then Cleveland over Baltimore. Sorry, Schluter, but um, I think Baltimore <laughs> is going to meet the same end that they met in Lamar's MVP season where they had the bye and then an insuperior AFC team with a decent defense is going to come into Baltimore and take them down, uh, a la Ryan Tannehill. And <laughs> Buffalo over Kansas City. And then Buffalo over Cleveland in the conference championship to make it to the Super Bowl. And then in the NFC, Philly over Tampa Bay, the Rams over the Lions, and the Cowboys over the Packers, the 49ers, and the Cowboys advancing to the conference championship, and the 49ers beating Dallas in the NFC championship game, and then beating Buffalo in the Super Bowl. So San Francisco over Buffalo um, is my Super Bowl prediction. Sorry, Ryan. All right. I mean, we got the same Super Bowl championship, Joe, but different paths to get there. So in the AFC, I got uh, Cleveland over Texans. I think we all got that. I actually have Miami beating the Chiefs. Uh, I think that's going to happen. They are just think that there's a big chink in the the armor of uh, in Kansas City there. Although the weather would be bad, but I do think that the Dolphins can run the ball, and I think they'll be okay with it. And Buffalo beating Pitt. Then I got Baltimore beating Miami in that showdown, and, and Buffalo taking out Cleveland, the way those seedings work out. Uh, and then in the champion uh, conference championship, I got Baltimore taking out Buffalo, uh, which I think will be a great game, but I do think uh, – I don't fully trust Buffalo at this time uh, going up against a defense like that. So I'm going with Baltimore. Um, and then on the NFC side, uh, I actually got Tampa Bay beating Philly because I, I, I think Philly has looked bad. I think their secondary is pretty rough. And I think Evans uh, and Baker are going to light them up. Um, then you got Rams over Lions and Dallas over Green Bay. San Fran's going to take out the Rams. Dallas is going to take out Tampa Bay. So San Fran and Dallas meeting in the conference championship with San Fran taking out Dallas and then San Fran moving on and taking out the Ravens in the Super Bowl. So your Super Bowl champs will be uh, a, one of the most dominant teams all year, but it'll be a pretty good Super Bowl, I think. If uh, And that used to be, was that the old Harbor Brothers Bowl that we had there too? So a nice little rematch. Sure was. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the playoffs. Uh, get trying to make a lot of money on it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we'll have some uh, group bets, I'm sure. But thank you guys for listening. Hope you had a great uh, regular season. Get ready for the off season. We'll definitely be putting up pods in the off season as well. Obviously, the frequency will be a little less frequent, but we'll be make sure to get some content out so you guys uh, know how to manage your team accurately. But uh, any final words from my crew here? Uh, just thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, 20 episodes, and we look forward to doing this for you guys over the summer as well. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. And uh, if you have any ideas for segments or things you want to hear on the off season, uh, just reach out. We can uh, make it happen. We are here to please. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that said, thank you guys again for listening. Really appreciate it, and uh, enjoy the off season.
Rest up. SFW Dynasty Podcast. Tune in next time.